Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we're going to forego the uh, the fanfare and applause for uh, the intro to this week's show, um, given the um, sad news that we've received over the last uh, couple of days involving uh, some of our favorite professional wrestlers uh, that have touched so many uh, during their careers, um, and uh, so I just didn't feel that it would be appropriate tonight to start the show off with uh, with fanfare and clapping and uh, all of that uh, that we usually do. And we do apologize for uh, not starting at the original time that we put out there, but uh, what would we be? if not wrestling with my thoughts, if we didn't have some sort of last-minute changes. <laughs> uh, Kurt, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Good. good. Uh, how was your week? Very busy. I, I, <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you, and today, like, took the cake for me. Uh, Thank you for joining the show. Um, I'm not even going to try to say that. I'm just going to say VPP. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Stay tuned. Uh, we're waiting on our other host to join us, and we'll get started. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, the passing of Terry Funk and uh, Bray Wyatt this this past week uh, before we jump into conversation about the big show this weekend uh, in London, England, uh, All In. And uh, I think all of us have some uh, some pretty uh, pretty stout opinions to give about that in in the good sense. Uh, what's going on, Hill Club? Thanks for joining us, man. As always, um, bear with us just a second as we as we wait on Brandon to join us. Um, yeah, so uh, Hill Club, uh, I told the people when we joined that um, just didn't feel like it would be appropriate to start tonight with some applause and fanfare, uh, given the news that uh, we lost two uh, two very good personalities in the professional wrestling business, one of which was a bona fide and certified legend, uh, legend. in Terry Funk, and uh, so we're going to... We're going to be talking about that here at the start of the show before we get into our uh, into our conversation about um, All In. And we also have a special report, a live on the scene special report from uh, one of our very own here at the Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast, uh, Brandon. Uh, Kurt, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, hey, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Yes, What's going on, man? Oh, okay. Right. I'm over here. I'm over here talking. I've got to turn the damn mic on. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. Uh, would one or both of you gentlemen uh, mind doing me a favor as I'm getting some of my stuff together here with my notes and everything? Um, would y'all mind sharing uh, on social media that we are um, we're live right now and and give people a moment to join us? I would greatly, yeah, I got you. Thank you. I would greatly appreciate yeah. that. So, um, for those of you that may not know, um, this week the uh, the wrestling world lost uh, 
a a legend, a, a certified bona fide legend, uh, in Terry Funk um, at the age of seventy nine, and um, I, it it wasn't necessarily shocking that uh, Terry passed away at seventy nine because we we had learned that he had some health issues uh, several months back. I think at one point he was even in an assisted living home. And, um, so it, it was still sad to hear. Um, I am 47 years of age and spent my entire life watching his matches, um, and was never at any point disappointed by anything that Terry Funk did. Um, Kurt, you and I are in the same, same age range. Um, would you agree with that, with, with the statement I made about Terry Funk, never having been disappointed by anything that he did? Absolutely. And a lot of people don't realize how big of a wrestler um, Terry Funk was back in the 80s. Yeah, he mainly been in uh, Saturday Night Main Event with Hulk Hogan a few times. I think they wrestled in Madison Square Garden one time. So Terry Funk was a big deal back in the 80s and even coming up in the, uh, in the 90s. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, what, uh, what do you remember? Um, you're, you're just a few years younger than, than Kurt and I, what was your first introduction? If you remember, uh, to Terry Funk. Oh, I remember. So, um, I talked about this great tape that I watched that introduced me to professional wrestling when I was eight, maybe nine years old when my brother Lee um, brought home this tape. It was Russell War 89. And then it was Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Terry Funk was these, uh, one of the special guest judges. It was Terry Funk, Luthez, and Pat O'Connor. <laughs> and at the end of the match, Ric Flair won. And then Terry Funk went in to congratulate him. And he was like, I want a title shot. And Rick was like, no. <laughs> just, yeah, just straight up. Uh, no. <laughs> and Terry was like, well, well, fuck you then, motherfucker. So <laughs> one thing led to another, and uh, Terry Funk pile drove Ric Flair on top of the table. And the table didn't break. And it put, uh, according to Kayfabe, put Ric Flair out for however long. And that was my first memory of Terry Funk. Very first one. That was one of the greatest angles I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just blessed to just have two wrestling savants in my life that put me on the stuff. And, you know, I'm talking about uh, Kurt, you and my brother Lee. Y'all were the two that really got me into it. And I ain't looked back since. So that's my very first memory. It was a great angle. And I was like, fuck Terry Funk. I was nine years old. <laughs> I probably younger than that. That's a, and that's I was a like, hard man, stance. I was, like, man, fuck I was like, man, I was like, man, fuck Terry Funk. Because, you know, Ric Flair, I used to dress up as Ric Flair for Halloween one year. Because I was like, man, you know, Ric Flair had all the women. And just, you know, it was Ric Flair. So, like, man, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then, you know, as time went on, I was watching even more tapes, and I remember how he used to just go and kick Dustin Rose's ass and everything. And when he was when he was in that tag team with Bunkhouse Buck, and it was uh, uh I think we had a Bash at the Beach tape or whatever. And 
Man, we just sat and watched all that shit. And then as I got older, I started watching Terry Funk's ECW stuff. Oh, and we was talking a couple of weeks ago about that barbed wire match between him and Sabu. Sabu ripped his bicep open. I actually remember the house that Kurt's living in now. I remember going upstairs and watching that match. That was the first time I had ever seen it. That's when YouTube first came out. And that was the first time I had ever seen it. And I was like, well, damn. And I went on a Terry Funk binge for maybe a couple of years after that. I watched. So what? I heard an echo. But I, I literally, I've probably, I've watched so many Terry Funk matches, it ain't even funny. Um, I love Terry Funk. Like, he's, to me, he's one of the greatest of all time. And, um, and for him to be as old, oh, and I forgot to mention, I remember. Watching uh Russell, my brother brought on another tape. It was WrestleMania, it was WrestleMania 14, and that's when that uh, him and Cactus Jack had that dumpster match against New Age Outlaws. And I remember, I actually remember when New Age Outlaws put him and uh, Cactus Jack inside that dumpster and threw him off the stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. So yeah, so you know Terry Funk was a big part of my childhood. So you know when I saw that he had passed. You know, I knew he, had, you know, he was sick and he was older and everything, but I was just, you know, so. Yeah, so, Brandon, did you ever, did you ever see uh, Terry Funk wrestle Hulk Hogan on Saturday main event? I watched it. I seen that match too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I watched it all. Yeah, I watched him and Jerry Lawler in the empty arena match and he did the my that thing for the first time. I thought that was hilarious. Classic. So, something I and did then, ask, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. When did Terry Funk start being hardcore? Because I don't remember that part. When did that happen? I think that was in the nineties. Okay, like the early nineties, early mid nineties. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I remember my uh, my introduction to Terry Funk. Um, I, I mean, I've I've been watching wrestling since I was like six, seven years old. So I know with what I watched, I came across him before this, but. Um, I think what really put him on the radar for me um, was uh, the I Quit match at Clash of Champions with Flair and the the infamous uh, plastic bag over the head angle. Um, And I I was kind of like you, Brandon. Fuck Terry Funk, you know? Um, And I just remember (laughs) the the fallout from that. And, And... it's just and and then going from there, I remember uh, we talked about it in the pregame, watching movies and uh, checking out Roadhouse. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's Terry fucking Funk, and uh, he played a um, he played a bouncer uh, in the movie. Of course, he was one of the bad guys, a heel to his heart, but. Uh, yeah, man, a, a, a absolute legend um, would go out of his way and did go out of his way to try to get promotions over. Uh, that's that's the whole reason he went to ECW, and I'm I'm sure the connection with Paul Heyman had a lot to do with that. Um, but I mean, he would wrestle on small spot shows uh, to try to get a promotion over, to try to get younger talent over, and wasn't above doing the job. And uh, just a consummate professional. And, 
you know, they broke the mold after Terry Funk as far as that type of personality goes. Um, Kurt, do you remember, um, or can you can you recall at least what put Terry Funk on on your radar? It was um, Saturday Night Main Event when he wrestled off over. Okay, I was young. I was probably maybe thirteen when I saw that because you know back then Hulk Hogan was the greatest, the biggest wrestler ever back then. And I'm like, well, who's this guy Terry Funk? And so I started watching it like, great. Then as he started getting bigger in movies, I was like, man, that's the dude that was on the wrestle all coke. Because <laughs> you know he was awesome in the movie uh, Over the Top, uh, Sylvester Long movie, Over the Top. You know what? I had forgotten that he was in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I thought I, I the just... 89, yes, 89 um, angle with uh, Ric Flair and the JTEX Corporation against the Horsemen, I thought that shit was great. Yeah, man. Um, he had so. I mean, the the matches with uh, with Mick Foley in Japan. Um, you know, I mean, they're death matches, so it may not be everybody's cup of tea. But just the the shit that they put themselves through um, to man. entertain and to to get wrestling over. Um, man. It but was, listen, did you ever go back and watch the match with him and Jerry Lawler? Because that, that um, I remember that one as well. That shit was fun. Can't be a arena match with him and Jerry Lawler. Man, that was classic. classic. I'm sure I had it at some point in my fandom, <laughs> uh, but I don't remember that one right off the top of my head. That's what it might Tonight, when we get off this... Either tonight or in the morning, you gotta go back and look at that. Yeah, okay, man. I'll check hey, it out. Hey, ma, 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 ma. <laughs> no, man, the story, the story that gets me with Terry Funk and the shit I lose my, 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 <laughs> that I lose it on every time is when he told Vince his horse was sick, so he had to go home. <laughs> this cat walked out on WWE by telling Vince McMahon his his horse was sick, so he had to go home. No. Um, and just to give you guys who, who may be younger fans and may not really be um, familiar with a lot of Terry's work, um, Terry, like I know the man, um, this dude was so over in Japan, and he's not the only one, but this dude was so over in Japan, he had a fucking album. Terry Funk singing, and it sold in Japan. It wasn't like it flopped. It sold. Um, I, I mean, the, the Japanese fans love Terry Funk. Um, uh, from the old school, uh, rough Texas, Texas guy. Now, here's the funny thing, you guys. We associate Terry Funk with Texas. Um, I, I don't think anybody would dispute that. Terry Funk was born in Ham Hammond, Indiana in 1944. <laughs> I didn't know he was born in Hammond, Indiana. I, I just always associated him with Texas. And for good reason. That's where he spent a, a vast majority of his career, or where a lot of it is centered at, at least. Um, but the, the, the Funk family, uh, Dory Sr., Dory Jr., and Terry Funk, um, just a, a three-man dynasty, if you will. But uh, Terry's going to be greatly missed. 
um, the way he sounded, especially in the older years. Well, I don't know. It's just, I mean, classic. Uh, welcome to the show, yeah, Dex. Think- welcome to the show, Dex. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, but yeah. Impersonation. Oh man, yes, yes. Um, but I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch that. Um, match it. I think it was ECW one night stand too. So he went, he ended up going through the barbed wire table and all that. And the piece of barbed wire got in his eyes, and he's over there doing the ma, 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 goddamn big ma, ma. <laughs> And what a lot of what a lot of people may not may not realize is that Terry Funk was was trying to help put ECW on the map back when Todd Gordon still owned it. Um, yeah. when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. So, um, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him, man. A lot of people, it, had it been anyone else, I'll say this, and you guys tell me if you agree with what I'm about to say. Had it been anyone else doing what Terry Funk did up until the time that Terry Funk did, would we say that they have they have tarnished their legacy? I say yes. Mm. But Terry Funk did what he did at the ages that he did and still held his legacy. At least in my opinion. Sure I agree. <laughs> Yeah, because just think about it. Terry Funk doing a fucking moon song. Who would have yes! thought he would do that? It's fucking 50, yeah. 60 years old. It was the worst worst damn moon song I've seen in my life. It was, it was but, terrible, but he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't pretty, but he damn well did it. Oh, man, and then the... Uh, but, just, but, just think about, but just think about how much confidence Vince McMahon had in Terry Funk back in the 80s to put him in the main event with Hulk Hogan. Yes. The biggest wrestler in the world. Yes. Now, yep. and and then think about it too. Compare compare their sizes. Now, at that yeah. point in time, Terry Terry Funk wasn't a small guy, but he was certainly not the size of Hulk Hogan. Hell no. And, and I'm with you to, for for Vince McMahon to have the confidence in a professional wrestler of Terry Funk's stature to put him in the ring with uh, arguably the biggest uh, wrestling personality. Ever in the sport of professional wrestling um, speaks volumes to the to the professional that Terry Funk was. So um, definitely want to send our our condolences to his his daughters, uh, his entire family, uh, his his many 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 fans within the wrestling industry, and certainly all the other fans out there outside of those of us here listening right now. Um, Condolences, thoughts, and prayers, and uh, he will definitely be missed. I don't think there will be another Terry Funk. So, hell no. So, ain't ain't but one. Middle age and crazy. In addition to losing Terry Funk, um, y'all, I I, I can tell y'all now I'm going to get emotional with this one. Um, And, and, in some ways, I feel kind of silly um, being emotional over someone that I didn't know personally. But I'll be 100% honest with you guys. I'm not putting him in the stratosphere necessarily. And no disrespect to Bray Wyatt, but I'm not putting him in the stratosphere of um, of Eddie Guerrero. But this, this wrestling death has 
with Bray Wyatt has probably hit me as hard as Eddie Guerrero's did. Um, Brandon, long before you knew me, Kurt and I were having conversations about Bray Wyatt. And Kurt didn't necessarily ever agree with, with what I thought about Bray Wyatt. But uh, after Husky Harris, but before The Fiend, that Max Cady from Cape Fear type gimmick that Bray was doing yeah. with the Wyatt family. I thought yeah. that man was had every bit of potential to be this generation's undertaker. I've I've said yeah. it a million times and I'll still hold on to that. Um it got derailed somewhere um and and you know part of that was him doing his own thing and what he wanted to do and even though I may not have liked the the fiend gimmick and the firefly funhouse and and all of that um you know kudos to the man for for uh standing out on what he wanted to do and believing in himself um but when Brandon told us yesterday that um that Bray Wyatt passed away I was like what and My biggest fear was because I knew that he struggled with mental illness. My biggest fear was that he had lost that battle. And I'm sorry, y'all. Um, Big time, Ron. My biggest fear was that he had lost that battle. And I'm not... Obviously, I'm not happy that he passed away, but I am very happy that he didn't lose that battle. Um, for those of you who don't know me personally, um, I struggle with major depressive disorder, social anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So that shit's very close, hits close to home with me. And, um... I sit back and think about what I said about Bray Wyatt a few months ago uh, regarding the uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. And um, I wish I could take that back because sitting back and reflecting on it after hearing about he had passed away, um, the, the guys involved in the match um, Bray Wyatt himself and L.A. Knight, they did a good job as, as wrestlers. It's just that the match itself and the concept of the match, I'll stand by what I said about that match. It's one of the worst matches or worst match concepts I've ever seen in, in my entire fandom. But once again, I, I mean, kudos to Bray or, you know, uh, Wyndham rotunda for standing on his own and doing what he felt was the best thing for for his career in terms of where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do creatively speaking um but this one hit me hard y'all i i again i I, kurt can tell you how high i was on this cat um and and what i thought he could be and what he was um, I, I thought the, the Wyatt family was a brilliant concept. I thought that the Wyatt family was brilliantly brilliantly executed. And 
It fucking sucks, and I don't get to keep, see that cat wrestle no more, man. And it, this one just hurts me personally. Um, my my heart goes out to JoJo and um, their son, but he has two other sons from his his uh, previous marriage. Um, my heart goes out to them. Uh, my heart goes out to, to Mike Rotunda and his wife and, and Bo Dallas and uh, Barry Wyndham and Kendall. It's just, it sucks. And last night, um, I went to my room for a little bit and just listened to something we're going to play uh, at the end of the show for a little bit and just, just had a moment. Um... God damn, I didn't expect to get this emotional, y'all. Um, but uh, well, I expect you to do this because I know how big a fan you were of Bray Wyatt. Yes, and we ain't go back and forth all the time. Yeah, but you know, I, I know. Yeah. but as we talked about it, you said it was like you know, like Kirk, you know, I think he could be. His generation's undertaking that, and I sat back and thought about it, and I'm like, that's a good point, and he could have been. And I don't know what happened and what derailed what they were doing, because I thought the Wyatt family, although I wasn't a big fan of it, that shit was over like a million times. Yes, they absolutely were yes. About the fans were like mesmerized by what they were doing. And why they broke it up or whatever, I thought that was a big mix step on WWE, which, you know, they known to do, but that shit was over. That was over a, th- a million, like I said, a million times. Yeah, I, I, but, I know, definitely I, think they pulled the trigger on that way okay. too soon. Yeah, but I, I expect your reaction to be what it is right now. <laughs> You're a genius fan, and, it, you know, it's real. And, and it is, There's man. Nothing wrong. And and that's There's that's nothing wrong. I don't apologize or feel bad or anything. <laughs> I you appreciate know, that. You feel. And it, no. it's and just you know, fear for you. But you know, this is real, and that's how you feel. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Yeah. And it's not silly or anything. And, None of that. And y'all both remember how I was like a fucking kid when I heard that he was coming back. And yep. and even when it. It didn't go as well as a lot of people had hoped. Um, I was still there until the bitter end, waiting for it to turn, waiting for it to take that turn for the better, uh, even up until the the pitch black match. Um, yeah, you know, I wasn't even a fan, but I was excited when he came back as well because I was like, damn, you know, if they do it right, this could be this could be big for his career. Yeah. And, but then they fucked all that up. I don't know why, but they fucked it up. Bang. And, and Brandon, I, I'll, I'll pitch it over to you here in just a second. But I think what what had me so excited, um, fuck, I'll be I'll be bare bones here. Um, three years ago, I I I didn't want to live anymore. Um, I didn't necessarily want to die, but I I I didn't want to live. Um, I'm not in that place anymore, and uh, thanks to people like Kurt and Dexter and a friend of mine by the name of Larry and my friend Christy and, and, and several other people have helped me get through that. Um, 
but I think what what had me so excited was that I saw somebody putting up the middle finger to depression and saying, fuck you, I'm going to live my life. And um, that shit struck a chord with me. So, Brandon, uh, feel free. Go ahead and chime in here, man. I'm going to put myself on mute for a second, fellas. I'm listening, but I'll be on mute. All right, man. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, Ron, you ain't got nothing to be ashamed about. Um, a lot of things that you've dealt with, as far as depression, I've dealt with the same. And I've been open a little bit in the past about it. You know, I don't like too much talk about it, but I understand. And I think that that's why, like, you know, guys like uh, Bray Wyatt and, you know, some other people, um, Robin Williams, Mac Miller, all these guys who, you know, lost their battle. Well, Bray Wyatt didn't, but, you know, guys that I know that have battled this thing that a lot of us battle. Um, I've always had a special connection with them. Um, I'm going to tell a little story. So, I got introduced to the Bray Wyatt when they introduced the Wyatt family. I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So, once upon a time, and I realized this morning, well, late last night, that, yeah, late last night, that I realized that this event took place almost eight years ago in November. WWE had Survivor Series here at the um, what was then called the Phillips Arena in downtown Atlanta in 2015, November. Me and my homeboy, his name is Brandon also. He's one of my security buddies. He's like one of my brothers today. Um, me and him was like, hey, let's go see this show because we wanted to go see The Undertaker in game. It was 25 years of The Undertaker. And when, you know, the card, you know, came about, they were going to be going up against the Wyatt family. And this when the Wyatt family was full force. It was Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, a.k.a. Brody Lee, uh, Eric Rowan, and Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman had just got brought in. Braun Strowman with hair. And I, um, I was like, holy shit. We we get to see this entrance live because I thought Bray, I thought that faction had one of the coolest entrances ever, and so we get on to the show, and they do the you know it's time for the match to happen, and lights go dark. Everybody knew what was coming. That whole arena stood up. Anytime you get twenty thousand people in an arena. Or any kind of venue, everybody is on their feet. You're special. You saw twenty, at least twenty thousand uh, flashlights on people's cell phones because they, you know, we don't use lighters anymore. Twenty thousand flashlights on cell phones waving as the music played as they made their entrance. We were all fireflies that night. That was a, that and was a that was one of the coolest it. things. Man, that was one of the coolest things I have ever experienced in my life. That entrance. And I've tried to post it onto the uh, group 
on Facebook, but it wouldn't let me do it. So I tried to put it in the comments. So I don't know if it came through or not. But I um I found it because I was like, I know I got this damn entrance. So I found it and um I put I posted it on my TikTok and I tried to put it in that group. So I don't know if it played or not. Because on my end, it was saying it was something wrong with where, but you know how it go, gotcha. technology. But um, if it didn't, I'll send it to y'all inside of the uh, group thing or whatever so y'all can see it. It was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life. And so I know, you know, in case y'all, some of y'all don't know, I did go to a, I went to AEW this past week. Well, on Wednesday when Terry Funk passed and CM Punk cut this promo. But that's it, 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 it hit home because literally the reason why I get up and I live my fucking life, regardless of what I got going on, I live my fucking life because there are so many people that I I don't know from a can of paint. They don't know me from a can of paint, but I genuinely love them. And I, they have thoroughly entertained me through the years and have gotten me through some times in my life where I wasn't feeling at my best. And I always wanted to go and just experience them in person at least one time. And this past week, I got to go see Sting. I got to go see Sting hit that Scorpion Death Drop. And so, the you know, bring it all back home. Break, with Break Wide Pass, it was one of those things where you remember where you were. Yeah. I was actually on a date. I was waiting on my date. It just got to the bar. I was waiting on my date. And my date texted me. It was like, I'm about five minutes away. And I was like, okay, well, I'm at the bar. And I, you know, I went and um, I was waiting on the bartender. And I turned on my phone, got on Twitter. And, of course, that's the first thing that popped up. And I was like, huh? And so I did some investigating. And I saw Triple H's tweet. And I said, holy shit. So I'm doing the best I can. It's people there. So I'm doing the best I can to, like, control myself. And the bartender noticed something was wrong. She was like, everything okay? And I was like, yeah, just, can you just bring me some water? I just needed some water. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. And, um, yeah. and, and I, I was just like, holy shit. And I had to, and that's when I text you, that's when I text y'all, and I text my other, um, he'd been on the show before Jaquan, and I text him, and yeah. So, to I say all that to say this. Um, if you have the opportunity, there's people that you you you, you, you look up to, and if there's, you have the opportunity to go and even just see them, you know, see a, a star concert. There's a lot of folk here about a week or two ago went to go see Beyonce and all that. If you have the opportunity to do that stuff, man, go. Absolutely. Enjoy yourself because Absolutely. you never know when that's going to be the last time you're going to get to see him. And CM Punk made a good point. He said, you know, I'm sad that Terry Funk is gone. But I'm glad that I'm be able, I'm able to still be around these other legends. Sting was one of them, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity to go to see one of my heroes growing up. You know, Sting hit that Scorpion Death Drop. That whole arena came. That, that whole arena got up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm. I actually I had on my way to work this morning. I had a moment going down driving down the road because I was thinking about it. And I was just like, damn, because I really, I, I really genuinely, I loved them. 
And yeah, I was rooting for him too. Especially when he came back. Matter of fact, about a week or two ago, they had just replayed that entrance from Extreme Rules in Philadelphia when he made his return. And that was one of the best and biggest, loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, people genuinely fuck with him and still fuck with him. And just, you know, and also to know, you know, what happened to him, he died. He had a heart attack. He had a massive heart attack. And he was 36 years old. I'm 33. So we're all in that same group. From that was born between 85 and about 91, 92. That whole clique right there. That's us. And to know that somebody in my generation went like that, just like that, suddenly. And this is somebody that folks just genuinely fuck with, man. You know, I just, my, you know, my, my, I ain't trying to make this about me, but it's just, it, it, that shit just sucks, man. It really it, it does. It does. It does. And it really does. And I, yeah, and I, I really, I feel for his wife, JoJo. Me, me and Jaquan had a running joke to see who was going to be the one that was going to get JoJo first before we found out Bray Wyatt got him. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm laughing when I say this. Too soon, bro. Too soon. <laughs> uh, well, hey, but I'm, that's I'm the laughing truth. when I say it. Yeah, this, yeah, this, but, but you know, but I'm like, but I'm like, yo, man, but you know, we was like, bro, oh, go ahead, you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's how much we generally fuck with him. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, I just feel for her and his children, and I just want them to know that, hey, man, your dad was, your 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 dad was an amazing human being, and people, you are going to hear about this man for the rest of y'all life, and hopefully, maybe we'll see. One of them walking his footsteps or whatever. That, but he's left a, a definite, lasting impact not only on the wrestling history but just on a lot of people, man. Absolutely. And we didn't even know him, but that's how <laughs> powerful of a person and great of a person they they shown through that television screen, man. And that's that's just special. He was a special human being. So and and um, to me, you know, that's, that's, that's before I say something else stupid. That's all I have to say. That's that's but what it's scary. I didn't know he died of a heart attack, man. You know, I just had a heart stent put in, you know, like a week from yesterday. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, really, yeah. as I talked to my doctor, and, you know, my, and I did know this something I learned yesterday when I went to the doctor, that you have an artery called the Widowmaker, and he said, you know, that your artery is clear as fine. And he showed me where they put the stain in, but that's my biggest fear is having a heart attack and not being here for my family. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It scares me. Yeah. I Same. Can, I can only imagine. Um, and, and folks, as we're, we're talking here, I just want to reiterate, uh, Brandon, Brandon did mention it, but, um, Bray Wyatt passed, um, due to a heart attack and, from from what I'm reading and understand that he had COVID earlier in the year, yeah, and um, that had, I'm trying to form my words here, but that that exacerbated some some issues that he had already had, and that uh, seems to be what brought about the heart attack. And I'm saying all of that to say yes. this: um, I, I'm not going to wax political here, but I am going to say. COVID is fucking real. Um, I lost one of my very best friends two years ago. If what I'm reading about um, Bray Wyatt is accurate, 
in the exact same manner. Um, and didn't even know it until literally on his birthday when I tried to get in touch with him and, and wish him a happy birthday because he lived up in, in New York. Um, but I also want to say, given, given the, the heavy nature of, of what we've talked about here, um, people dealing with depression and not wanting to live and things of that nature, I want to urge each and every one of you listening to this show, um, seeking help is not a sign of weakness. It is actually one of the strongest things you can do to admit you need help to get through something. And I just want to challenge you guys not to do what I did. Don't suffer in silence for most of your life and let that shit almost kill you, literally. Um, reach out to a friend. Reach out to a family member. Um, you know, uh, the Suicide Crisis Hotline has has done a wonderful thing, I think, in, in, in this uh, day and time of technology. You don't have to deal with dialing that long-ass 800 number. You can call 988 now. Um, and it, it can be completely anonymous. There are uh, a, a plethora of um, apps online that offer you uh, anonymous help. But all of y'all need to get some some Kurtz, some Brandons, some Dexters, some Larrys, and some Christies in your life. Um, yep. Because we we joke all the time about Kurt not laughing not or not not laughing not smiling or whatever but um Kurt was one of those people reaching out to me on a regular uh when I was going through that period and um Kurt and I got to know each other much better uh when we worked together for that brief point in time and um got to have a lot of conversations in that warehouse office about wrestling and shit but um Kurt, I appreciate you. And Brendan, that's that's no slight against you, man. I, I appreciate you too. But Kurt, right. Kurt, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. I love you. Brandon, I appreciate you. I love you. Um, Dexter. Love you too, uh, man. Thank you. Uh, I, I think you're still listening. Uh, you know we go back 20 plus years, bro. Um, I'm, I'm here for any and everything you need me for, homie. Um, but y'all, uh, to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about, um, Kurt, before I do that, do you have anything you wanted to add? No, just we love you, Ron. We here for you. You know, I'm here for you. Any day, night, it don't even matter. You know. I appreciate that. Same here. Same here. And Dexter just commented, Jules and Vincent. Y'all want to know the funny shit about that? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt already knows the funny shit about that is... I'm not Vincent. I'm Jules. Dexter. They talking about Dexter is Vincent. <laughs> That's my dog, man. That's my dog. Um, and, I and lost his head. And shout out, oh, shout out to my uh, to my to my little goddaughter, man. She just goddaughter, man. She just celebrated. I believe it was her fourth birthday. Um, and uh, so, oh, that was. So Brent, Brent. Brandon, think about John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to put it in that, I am Samuel Jackson. I'm rocking the jury curl. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and, and the big homie, the big homie Dexter is rocking the, the long hair. And, and getting, getting, shot on the, getting shot on the shitter. 
<laughs> man, no, nah, so the curse said it. I, I figured it out. Oh, man. <laughs> That's okay. So, oh, man, that, that got a little heavy there. Um, but, but folks, that, hey, that just, Look, that just goes we- to show the power. And, and I'm not even trying to, to be dramatic here, man. That just shows the power that what these men and women do in this ring, day in, day out, week in, week out, how much it touches people. That's why we yep. do what we do with this show because we love this shit, and and we yep. want to see these yep. men and women succeed and and do great. And when they when they pass, it hurts. Um, Especially when you really are fans of them. Yes, yes. It's a, so a fan. So I yeah, because I'm, I'm. And the thing about being a fan, you know, my heart just go out to their family. Yeah. yeah, we all have lost family. We know how hard that is. We lost somebody in our family, you know, two months ago, and it, it, yep. this is hard. You know, I lost my mom seven years to this year, and that 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 pain never go away. Never. God damn, it's been seven years. It don't even seem like it. Wow, it really don't. Damn, it really don't. Cause I I remember that. Damn. Well. But. Fellas, if, if if y'all don't mind, uh, let's lighten the mood a little bit, and let's, let's talk about let's talk about one of wrestling with my thoughts' very own being live and in living color. AEW Dynamite. Um, I've been waiting on this for two days. <laughs> now let me let me let me preface this by saying when we all found out that that AEW was going to be well, we say Atlanta. That's uh, me being the Atlanta snob. That ain't Atlanta. Okay. Uh, but anyway, when we found out that, that AEW was going to be in Atlanta, uh, Brandon was, was you, you know, talking about going or whatever. Me and Kurt, honestly, well, yeah, me and Kurt both said, you know, yeah, you can count me out on that. I don't want to spend money that I think. They I'm shut that shit down so with fast, the quickness. boy. And so, you know, hearing what, what Brandon has told us, we might have needed to reconsider that. Brandon, um, give us a rundown of what it was like attending a live AEW show, a live televised AEW show. All right. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> All right. So, well, first and foremost, um, I actually paid for the tickets that morning because <laughs> I decided to go. Until that morning. And you so went solo too, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, so that's something that I'm getting into more now, just you know, just doing like a lot of solo trips and shit. Because me being me, it's hard to get it's hard to plan stuff with people sometimes, especially all you know, we all got stuff going on or whatever. It just kinda get hard. And I'm one of them people that just I like to get up and go. So I got up that morning, I wasn't sure if I was gonna go because it was on school night. So but I was like, something something in my spirit was just like Go to the show. So <laughs> before I left and went to work that morning, I got on my computer, got on Ticketmaster. Uh, the ticket was thirty five dollars. Paid thirty five dollars, and well, now excuse me, I didn't. I put the shit on Klarna, so I paid eleven dollars, and um, I went AEW, and I got off work, and my intention was to go home, take a shower, change, and then. Put on, you know, put on my ECW hat because Terry, I just found out Terry Funk had just passed. So I got, I have an ECW hardcore wrestling hat that I just bought. I was going to put on my hat. I was going to go to the show. Well, as anybody know anything about Atlanta traffic, 
You go up twenty five and during the middle of rush hour, sometimes, man, you get you get where you're going in 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 twenty minutes. Sometimes you get where you're going in an hour. It's one of them days where I didn't get to or my more. side of town until forty or more. It was one of them days I didn't get to my side of town till forty five minutes later after I had departed my place of employment. So I said, well, you know what? I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna ride up and get off on this street. I'm gonna go get me some gas and I'm gonna stop at this quick trip. Well, I was riding down the road and I saw a quick trip, so I pulled over, got me a hot dog and <laughs> got some gas <laughs> and some water, and I went on back up the road. <laughs> and it was still another 45 minutes for me to get there because I had to take the back road and then get on 85 in more traffic. Get my ass up there. So I finally made it. Um, parking was ten dollars. Went ahead and paid. Almost ran past the parking ticket lady because they didn't tell me I had to pay right there. So, but whatever. So got on in there. Got on. Got on inside. I parked, and where I parked it, the actual entrance was like right on the same level. So I just literally just walked down just a little bit, went around the corner. Um, I still had like I still had on my work clothes, so I had like everything in my pockets, all my Expo markers and shit. And so <laughs> I'm trying to go through security, damn thing going on, and <laughs> so I had to take every day much shit in my pockets. It wasn't funny, so I took everything out. But you know, I got on in, and the lady, the lady that was actually scanning me, she over there laughing or whatever because she figured out what it is I do just based on what I had in my pockets. And so we, she laughed, we laughed about it, and then I, you know, I get on in. So when you walk in, there was the uh, merchandise thing, and I actually thought about buying some merchandise, but I seen the price tag, and I was like, hell no. So I looked for my section, and um, I realized my section was, like, right there in front of the door. So I was like, well, damn, look at God. You know, so, of course, I went on ahead. I got in line. I found the, uh, the, the shortest beer line that I could find, which was literally right around the corner. Went in a long walk. Went on ahead. Got what I needed and went on, found my seat, sat down. So um the show, I actually I have never been early to a show ever in my life. I was actually early. So I sat <laughs> on down. It sounds so familiar to me with somebody else. <laughs> my yeah, bad, sorry. I've never been early. I've never I'm never early to anything. I don't like I hate being early. I like I like to be right on I like to be there exactly when I need to be there. Okay. I hate being early. So <laughs> I, um, I went, found my seat, sat on down, and I was sitting in between. It was other guy that was sitting on the right of me. He was there by himself, and then there was another guy. He brought his him and his son came, and it was just us. And then you know the row filled up. So they um they shot. It's a uh, segment for a collision, which I'm not gonna give it away. But it's a segment for a collision. They shot right before it went live at eight, and then you know they did the uh, they did the dynamite show. Dynamite show. And then once the dynamite show went off, they did the uh it was another match for a collision that had like all the heavy hitters, CM Punk and all them, and then CM Punk cut this promo for Terry Funk at the end of the match, and then I think it was another match, but everybody started leaving. By that time it was eleven thirty. Well after eleven o'clock, so it was like, all right, man, I gotta work in the morning. So everybody kinda started leaving, whatever, and then you know, that was it. So overall, my experience, I would give it an A. That's one of the best shows I've ever been to. Okay. Um, wow. The Atlanta crowd is always the Atlanta crowd is always hot for wrestling. This is a wrestling town historically, so 
That crowd was high. It wasn't a lot of people there, but it was enough. So when they come across on TV, it's gonna look like the place sold out, kind of, but it wasn't. Um, because you know, even up in the upper bowl, but it was a very tiny upper bowl, so you couldn't even tell it was an upper bowl. But you know, it wasn't hardly nobody up there. But in the lower bowl, that bitch was full. Um, except for the side, it's the side like off off to the towards the stage or whatever, where the hard camera is and all that. But I mean, but hey, it was it was okay. Um, I enjoyed myself. Um, when Kenny Omega and the and Young Bucks came out, it was some grown men in there squealing like some little girls. And like, like literally, ah, like they had a damn Beatles concert <laughs> back in goddamn 66 and, um, was well, 68 or whenever they came to America. And <laughs> that, was, that was like the wildest shit. And then, um, you know, Sting made an appearance and I, I can't remember if it was, um, I can't remember if it was Dynamite or it might have been, might have been Dynamite and Collision, but Sting made an appearance. He actually wrestled on, he's wrestling on Collision. So, you know, he came in, he, he they, everybody's like, Fuck everybody else. We want to see Sting get in there and wrestle. A lot of old school fans there. And Sting got in, got the hot tag or whatever. He got in. Everybody doing their finishes. And Sting went and turned that dude head inside out, dropped that damn Scorpion death lock. Everybody was, everybody got on their feet. It was like seeing Diamond Dallas Page hit a diamond cutter live, okay? So that was cool. Um, MJF came in and did his thing. And his promos are actually funnier live than it is on TV. And he, they, I forgot that I don't even know the name of the damn song, but he was like, kick that shit at the end of the show. Cause you know, at the end of the show, they give you, you know, fans something to go home happy about. Okay. And he's like, kick that shit. And then he, uh, they started playing this song, this Georgia song or whatever. And he started high stepping in the ring and all that other shit, man. It was funny as hell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we was over there getting, okay. we was hold over on, there getting our life. In my head, I'm picturing MJF doing a Deion Sanders end zone dance. <laughs> that damn near is what he was doing. And I'm sitting, I'm laughing my ass off. I'm like, it's, I'm like you know what? This it, motherfucker is funny. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like, he's like, kick that shit. And they played that music. He started high stepping like a motherfucker. I was, I, I'm sitting over there rolling. So, but yeah, um, um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to give the whole show away because I want everybody to watch. Um, well, yeah, and people, you seen Dynamite Wednesday night. You know what happened? I know Collision come on tomorrow night, so y'all will see. So, so wait, I don't want to give too much to away. See, but you overall, got to see Dynamite show. and Collision. Yes, they nice, both shows. Nice. Same time. And, and for $35, and, oh, that's almost, not bad. $35. Bucks. And, oh, I almost forgot. I saw, I got to see the Hardy Boys in person for the first time, too. And so I told the guy, literally, when Sting came out, I said, I'm going to tell you this right now. The six-year-old, well, no, okay, let me back up. When, after Sting came out and everybody got through screaming like little girls, big grown men, including me, um... We, I was like, I said, I ain't even gonna lie. When Sting came out, that six-year-old little boy came out in me. Cause that's when I got introduced to the, that's when I got introduced to Sting for the first time. And then when the Hardy Boys came out, I said, now, cause we knew it was a, it was a tag team match for the ROA's title. And I was like, I'm telling you now. When the Hardy Boys come out, the nine-year-old me playing WWF SmackDown on the PlayStation 1 back in the day, <laughs> that is gonna come out. So, so and that's when the, that's when the little girl came out, came out and branded. But not the little girl. I mean, not the hard boy came out. I, I stood up. I sat there and so I stood up for that shit. And I was, I was just pissed that Jeff didn't do the swanton bond. I did. Yeah, I probably would have screamed me. But you know, other than that, you know, uh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that, that, that kid, the kid came out. So man, it was, overall, man, it was, it was, it was a damn, it was a great experience. Um, 
it, it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the show. I really did. But I think that the crowd itself, like, kind of helped out too, because you know, Atlanta has all historically Atlanta has always had hot crowds. And I've been to several wrestling events here. When WrestleMania was here, I went. I went to a couple of SmackDowns. I went to. Um, I still haven't made to a Monday Night Raw yet, but um, I've been to a couple of pay per views here. Um, so. Um, this is a really big. It's, it's a really cool wrestling town. They're always into everything, and I, I, I had a great time. I really did. I'm glad I went. Yeah, man. It sounds like you had a great time. Sounds like you had a great time. Yeah. In the way everything kind of lined up, it seemed like it was meant for me to be there. Like it was just meant for me to be there because I'm like I ain't never went to no concert. I've been to plenty of concerts and shows and shit. I ain't never had parking that goddamn good. <laughs> hey man, look, for those of you not from the Atlanta area, y'all don't understand how important good parking is when you go anywhere near the downtown or perimeter area. So, yeah, that's that's, that's quite a feat. Um, now, how long... Uh, hey, y'all, 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 give, y'all give young Mr. Jeezy a shout out. He's heading out for the night. Be careful, son. I love you. Hey, sorry, y'all had to hear that. But um, yeah, man. Um, sounds like you had a great time, and you know who knows? Maybe next time they they come in, uh, we can we can all get a group to go. Um, I mean, who knows, man? The uh, the Luchadors at Ric Flair's last match definitely showed us that um, Luchador matches. Uh, of the r- variety that they put on on AEW are much more entertaining in person than they are on TV. Absolutely, that um that Ray Phoenix and John Moxley match that was better in person than maybe it came off on TV. That that match, everybody was into that match, and in, in the Ray, Ray, Ray look, Ray Phoenix is over. John Moxley is definitely over, whether y'all like it or not. Like they love that dude, so. Okay. But yeah, that was that. That, so, that was actually that. That match was, it was entertaining as hell. I really enjoyed it. So now I, I know I asked you in the pregame, but but for the benefit of those uh, uh, the fans listening to the show, um, I made the connection that on on TV it seems like AEW is in an arena sort of like um, Center Stage versus being in some place like Phillips Arena. What was what was the vibe, or I don't even know that vibe is the right word, but what was the 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 feel of the crowd like in terms of the crowd size? Like I know it's not Phillips Arena, but it, did it feel like a small crowd, or did it feel like a big crowd in a small building? It felt like a big crowd in a small building. Okay. They were loud the entire night, just loud and enthusiastic, and they were like they, they was legitimately like on one. Like for real, like now I gotta I gotta ask this too. I know WWE does this. Did you notice, or were there any instances of AEW piping in crowd noise, or was it all legit? No, no, it was legit. Okay, cool. And uh, if they were piping in, if they piping in crowd noise, I couldn't tell. Okay, but it was legit. Kurt just gave us the uh, the update that L.A. Knight has beat Finn Balor. I've got uh, SmackDown on in the background while we're talking. And Kurt, I'm so just I. I'm just now getting to the point where where LA Knight beat him, so I'm running a little bit behind you. Um, okay, cool. So so wrestling with my then I'm over here. I'm over here reading these. I'm over here reading these uh, comments from Hill Club. <laughs> <laughs> my three hours later, after taking yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it, it was that kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day. It was a very, very long day. Yeah. Very long day, so, so, um, so there you have it, folks. Wrestling with my thoughts had a presence at AEW this week. Uh, we are in like the NWO. We are invading every fucking where. Um, Except there's only one person that's brave. Hey, 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 hey. We don't need to talk about the numbers that were there. We just need to talk about it that we were there, Shannon. I'm just saying. (laughs) So, so what you're telling me is, what (laughs) you're telling me, I had to work too. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
as it is, the product that it is, selling 80,000 plus tickets for this show. Unbelievable. I, Unbelievable. I, I'm with you. That's the you only word it. I can come up with. But then you do it, you sell like 85% of it without even the car being enough. Nobody knew what the car was going to be. Exactly. And that's, that's uh, I was going to get to that. But yes, they, they have done most of those sales without a single fucking match being mentioned. Um, I will talk about the car later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that's, that's, I'll, I'll save my opinions for that. That's where I told you guys in the pre-show, I have a comment to make and I want to see how you guys feel about this comment that I'm going to make. But, I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking any of the, the piss out of, out of AEW. What they've done is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, so for, you know, to, to Tony Khan, to, God damn it, I hate to say this, to Kenny Omega, to the Young Bucks, to everybody that is involved with AEW. I gotta give it to him, man. I mean, look, look. Yeah, look, man. If if if, I I have no problem admitting, not necessarily that I'm wrong here, but I have no problem admitting when I've been shown up, (laughs) and AEW for this show has shown up and shown the fuck out. Um, as we talked about, AEW has sold over $80,000, $80,000, 80,000 tickets for this event. Um, these are confirmed ticket sales, y'all. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I know we talked about it last week, there's a significant difference, um, between attendance and confirmed ticket sales. And I'll get into that here in just a second when we talk about some of these attendances, but and attendance can be, um, you know, the number of people sitting their asses in the seats plus everybody working at that event from the, from the people with the concession stands to the people, uh, in the back to the wrestlers on the, on the roster, all of that shit. Um, and, and WWE has proven that time and again that they count that. Um, so I, I, you cannot not give AEW their props for what they've done in London. Um, Brandon, what are, what are your thoughts on, on 80,000 plus tickets being sold for All In at Wembley? I'm not shocked. I, I, I am. I'm not going to lie. I am. I'm not, I am not shocked. Want to know why I'm not shocked? Why is that? You got to think, think about it. There's not a lot, been a lot of mainstream wrestling that's been over to the UK since before the pandemic. So, like, those things, I remember before, y'all, you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if they're going to sell because, you know, this, that, and third. UK fans really don't care. It's the fact that there's <laughs> a big company that's actually coming over here putting on a show. We're going. Regardless now, the rest of that shit after the fact or whatever, that's going to turn. But, you know, UK fans are some of the biggest fans in the world. Um, I found this out when I went to uh, New York a couple years ago for my birthday around WrestleMania, uh, the one previous before this one. Or whatever, there was a lot of UK fans in New York hanging out for WrestleMania. So, and um, and they are really they are diehard wrestling fans. They love it, whether good, bad, or indifferent. They're gonna show up, and so it just it didn't surprise me at all to see that they 
sold that many tickets to a stadium show. And hopefully, you know, with that, because there's a lot of people that is a lot of people that's like, hey, they start to think that pay-per-views need to be overseas now anyway because the crowds are better. I think, you know, they think hey, American audiences are a little bit more spoiled or they're not as enthusiastic. But um, I, I just wasn't shocked at all. They are really diehard wrestling fans. They, they If they you come into their city, they're going to show up. That's just the bottom line. And I think that um, the WWE has proven that from uh, back in the day. So, And that's the bottom you know, line because Mr. B said so. He said so. Hey, well, I call it as I see it. <laughs> now, now, Kurt, <laughs> I, I said that I'm shocked. I'll, I'll freely admit that. Um, are you shocked that they've sold this many tickets? I am not shocked uh, because of what Brandon said. It's the U.K., so... You know, I expect them to sell I, eighty thousand. That I'm surprised at that number, but being high attendance, I'm not. And, and, and I'm, I'm certain the 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 attendance will be higher than that. But folks, I want to stress to you that these people have sold this company, and and I think I've got something here in the notes of of this, and so we'll get to it in a minute. But this company is only four years old. Four years mm-hmm. old, and they have sold eighty thousand tickets. Now, I, I taken into you account. Also, look at the stars that's there too. Say what, Brandon? Got to take a look at the stars who are there too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a lot of big, lot of big names, and some of those wrestlers are from like you know Will Ospreay and all them. They're from the UK. God and knows. So, Thank you for joining the show, man. We appreciate you checking in with us. And it looks like they're out. <laughs> right, but uh. You know, I said something several weeks ago uh, uh, that is sort of uh, kind of echoing what you guys have just said about um, the UK fans being, you know, steadfast and, and hardcore fans and, and showing up and showing out for, for events there in the UK. But even still, man, I think at that point when I said that, they had, they had only sold like 60,000, 70,000 tickets. But I, I have to admit, I am absolutely shocked that they are pulling this off. Um, or, or I shouldn't say pulling this off because they ain't pulled it off yet. And I don't mean to sound like Debbie Downer. I'm just saying they ain't pulled it off yet, but they have sold 80,000 tickets. So, Tony Khan, you and your crew, congratulations, man. Congratulations, um, man. So, um, now, with that being said, before we jump into looking at the cards... And uh, kind of giving our predictions and our thoughts on, on this whole event. Um, let's take a look at some of these top five wrestling attendance records. Um, I went through last night and, and looked through these. And I, I kind of checked a couple of different sites just to see if everybody was sort of saying the same thing. And they were from what, from what I saw, at least anyway. But I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up to number one. Um, in regards to attendance. Now, in these rankings, with the exception of, of one, and I'll, I'll talk about that when I get to it, we're going to have the, the marketed attendance, which is what the promotion said the attendance was versus the actual attendance, um, that was, uh, that was recorded. So coming in at number five is WWE SummerSlam at the old Wembley Stadium in 1992. The marketed attendance was 80,355. 
the actual attendance was 78,927. Coming in at number four is a match that I guarantee you nobody listening to this show has ever heard of or seen. Um, I've heard of at least one of the names in the match, but I haven't seen any of the matches. But coming in at number four was Jim Londos versus Cola Quiriani, if I'm saying that correct. Uh, that took place in 1933 in Athens, Greece. These folks put wow. these folks put 80,000 plus into an arena in Athens, Greece in 1933, and, which is also something I want to I want to point out um, with the Hill Club said who um, that I want to point out with these records. These are all uh, can. Uh, Indoor stadium records. What I mean is, this isn't somebody showing up at like, uh, Woodstock, New York and throwing a, a wrestling ring in the middle of a fucking field and, and 600,000 people show up. No, these are, these are, are enclosed arena numbers. So, uh, coming in at number three, WrestleMania 32 at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, home of Kurt's team, or former team, I suppose, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> the marketed attendance was 101,763. The actual attendance, and this shocked me, uh, just because of the, 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 the difference, uh, the actual attendance was 80,709,000. ,009, Still a humongous number, but that's a fucking what? That's more than 20,000 people difference, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, coming in at number two, a, uh, an interpromotional card, Collision in Korea, featuring stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling and WCW. Yes, that WCW. The day one attendance, the marketed day one attendance was 190,000. The actual attendance was 150,000. And coming in at number one, day two of Collision in Korea between New Japan Pro Wrestling and WCW, the marketed attendance again, 190,000. The actual attendance, 165,000. Now, Number one and number two comes with some controversy because those motherfuckers shouldn't have even been in North Korea. If I remember from from watching um, Dark Side of the Ring, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, if you saw that episode, they didn't even get the State Department um, approval to go to North Korea for these events, for this event, for this two day event. Um, but they they packed in some fans, man, over three hundred thousand fans. Uh, at least according to the numbers that I saw. So, um, I, I'm curious to see where AEW lands with their official, um, attendance numbers. It is. Um, Kurt, do you think that they'll surpass 90,000? Uh, no. What about you, Brandon? I think they'll get that. Nah. Yo, old ass saw number four. I don't even know what that means, Dexter, but we're going to talk about that. 
<laughs> oh, I think he was talking about that mess damn Athens Greeks. <laughs> oh, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now I want y'all to know something. My homie is only like six months younger than me. So if I saw that match in 1933, motherfucker, you was only six months behind me. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's what's funny about we, we're talking attendance and stuff. What's funny about that is the attendance record that is always, always, always talked about is WrestleMania number three. I don't know why I said it like that. WrestleMania three. Um, that took place at the Pontiac Silverdome. That's the the show with uh they they claim it was like the first ever meeting between Hulk and Andre, despite the fact that Hulk and Andre had faced each other like fifteen million times before that. <laughs> and they also promoted it they also promoted it as the first time that Andre had been slammed, despite the fact that Andre had been slammed a hundred times before that. But anyway, WWE claimed. Say what, Kurt? Say what? And the first time he ever lost, they were saying he was undefeated up until that point. Yeah, yeah. Lie. <laughs> well, you know, they they say whoever uh, whoever wins the war gets to rewrite the hit or gets to write the history. So, um, WWE claims that at WrestleMania three there was an attendance of ninety three thousand one hundred and seventy three. The actual attendance was actually seventy eight thousand. So, um, so he missed it by fifteen thousand. And look, it, you know, it, we can say you know, shame on WWE for claiming almost ninety, well, ninety three thousand when it was actually seventy eight. But that's still a lot of fucking people to see a wrestling show. Um, let's see. Um, unrelated to wrestling. <coughs> In, in doing this research, I did read that the highest attendance to a sporting event is at the the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This place has a permanent seating capacity of, get this, 257,000. That's, their, Lord, that's their, their regular capacity. But when you factor in the infield seating... That attendance capacity jumps up to 400,000 people. Lord have mercy. That is crazy. And look, I don't, I don't follow NASCAR. I have been to one race, and I will say that in person, NASCAR is pretty exciting to watch, especially if you have somebody there that can explain to you what the fuck is going on. Um, but NASCAR, a car, you know, automobile racing in general, typically has like 100,000 people attending. Um, so that's not unusual, but 400,000 people to a sporting event is insane to me. I bet the traffic was fucking crazy. Man, look, let me tell you, um, when my son turned 16, just out of the blue, I don't know what the hell got into him, but out of the blue, he wanted to go to a NASCAR race. And we, at the time we lived within like 10 miles of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Shit, I still live within 10 miles of Atlanta Motor Speedway. But anyway... He wanted to go to uh, a NASCAR race uh, for his 16th birthday. So the next thing coming up was the, the Folds of Folds of Honor 500, I think it was. And we went, and the parking was insane. You talk about you got the park kind of like right there by the entrance, right, Brandon? I parked in a yeah. fucking field and had to walk to the speedway. Damn. And it was cold as shit that day. 
My son and I bought, like, I don't even know how many cups of coffee and hot chocolate to stay warm. But once the race got going, it was actually pretty interesting. My cousin was there as well. Shout out to my cousin, BG. Um, he was there as well and kind of explained to me how how NASCAR works. I thought that everybody on the fucking track was was there to win the race. No, that ain't even how it works. There are people there that are there to win the race, and there are there there are people there on their team that is to keep other people from winning the race. So, yep, that's NASCAR. But anyway, yeah, the parking and the traffic was fucking ridiculous. But uh, just imagine, man, four hundred thousand people. Yeah, man, that's nuts. Oh, that is fucking oh, nuts. They got some good ass. I hope they got some good ass public transit. <laughs> because of four four hundred thousand people. Imagine four hundred thousand people to go see a football game. Because I think I think Michigan's big house, they hold about two hundred thousand. And and well, he's and, over a hundred thousand. When Michael Jordan's last game with the Bulls in Atlanta, they had that that game at the Georgia Dome. Uh rest yeah. in peace to the Georgia Dome. And I know that was a huge crowd just to see a basketball game. Uh, I, I, I wonder and, how Marta was. I wonder how that damn Marta train was that night. Shit. I remember sitting in there on days. That's the first. And as a per, as a person who uses Marta, you know we all me and, me and Kurt go to games or whatever. We use Marta to get downtown, and I just wonder how that crazy ass fucking train was. <laughs> yeah, because I know in that Georgia Dome. Yeah, shout out to the Georgia Dome. Hey, that's a classy, that's a very underrated classy venue, by the way. That Georgia Dome that has so many big events there, it ain't even funny. And people don't shout it out, but fuck it. But just, I think, hey, shit. I, I well, got to see like, the what, Broncos meet the Falcons in people? that building. Man, shut up. Man, look, man, <laughs> shut up. But no, I'm just saying, it's 60,000 people, there 50, 60,000 people in that building to see a basketball game. I just wonder how that, God damn, I bet the traffic was crazy as hell that night, boy. And I would Ooh. also, I would also like to add that was on the 10th anniversary of that Super Bowl. Right? Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I, I, that's, I meant to think that, not say that. Um, but whatever. But yeah, let's get, get back. Let's get back to, to you, you, you know, get under my skin. you know, you know, it'll get under my skin. <laughs> um, it's highly likely that AEW will have an attendance that is. I, I don't know that I want to say far above eighty thousand, but it will be above eighty thousand. Because Kurt, um, what was it you said last year? Look, what was the uh, the ticket number sold? Eighty thousand five hundred. That's fucking thirty five. That is crazy. That just imagine, imagine if a WrestleMania comes to the Mercedes Benz Superdome, was Mercedes Benz Stadium, Brandon, Brandon, and there's in the there is yes, Brandon. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to ignore the last comment that is in the chat right now. I'm gonna need you to ignore that shit like it didn't even happen. Okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. How about the guys who took? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How about the guys who took? Anyway, after the game, what they were doing in the hotel room. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever I'm, Hill Club. Let's move along. I'm sure they're gonna have uh, an attendance that is above eighty thousand. Um, personally, I think it's a major accomplishment considering uh, they only recently started announcing matches. What within the last? Has it even been three weeks? I think they started match announcing matches two weeks ago. 
and that's insane to me, man. <laughs> they did this without announcing most of the matches. Um, and as much as myself or we as a unit, um, in terms of, of being the Wrestling With My Thoughts crew, that we want to knock the quality of AEW, uh, their product, their their booking, or whatever, the magnitude of what they've done uh, as a company that is only four years old, we, we, we have to give them their... I've heard this a lot lately, but we got to give them their flowers. Um, yeah. Now, before we get into... Uh, Hold on, what is it right here? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. said to mention San Francisco and then Denver <laughs> to get your ass back. Yeah. Um, that, that, shell- that, that shellacking. Yeah, well, I, I must say I'm having a tasty adult beverage right now, too. So, um, Oh, shit. Kurt, what Kurt are your thoughts? <laughs> Kurt, what are your thoughts and opinions on the accomplishment of selling this many tickets? Um. I mean, I know we kind of covered that earlier, but like you said, you were in shock. Do you think that, that, for lack of a better way of saying it, I guess, does, does this put AEW on the map, so to speak? Uh, yes and no. I don't think it's going to move the needle after the this event is over with to make anybody just watch more. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's a huge accomplishment for them. Yeah, and 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 to to kind of echo what Kurt's saying, we'll get more into that when we start talking about the, the actual matches, and then I hit y'all with with the thoughts that I had. Um, but but Brandon, what do you think about uh, the the magnitude of what they've done with uh, with selling eighty thousand plus tickets uh, to this event now? Again, taking into consideration what you said earlier, um, with it being a rabid UK ba- fan base and, and whatever. Um, that said, do you do you think this is them? Uh, instead of using the the analogy of of stomping their foot down, planting their flag uh, in the end zone, so to speak, to to say, "Hey, here we are." I think that. Um... Number one, I think it's a huge accomplishment, and they ought to be incredibly proud of themselves. They put out a product that's good enough to attract that big of an audience, and that's that says something. Whether it doesn't matter what we think about the actual show, but that does say something. They did something right. So, but um, I think that's it's a huge accomplishment, and you know what? Hey, maybe um, maybe they they plant they flag there, and maybe WWE be like, hey man, you know what? We got some other shit up under our sleeve. Watch this. So now, yeah. let me ask this. To the races. Let me ask this, Brandon. What do you think they have to do? And we're gonna get into the card, you know, here right after this. Um, what do you think they have to do to keep that many people engaged? Because y'all know, man, that these these AEW pay per views are running. Four four and a half hours. What do you think they have to do to keep that many people engaged for that long, Brandon? Nothing. I think they're gonna be engaged anyway. They paid all that money to go see them, but but the main thing is they just got to make sure that they put on a good show and the wrestlers go out there and put on good matches. But I think that because if, if, if all of those, most of those wrestlers, they are vets, so they know. And most, a lot of them have wrestled all over the world. So they probably know that how that UK crowd is, especially those who are from there. 
and I think that they're going to put on their best shit. So I'm just, you know, they they're going to have to really put on. They they they're going to have to go out. They got to go out there and show out. Hey, man, I, but I, I think I, that, I, mean, but I think that the crowd's going to be in it for the most part. You know, you're going it's going to have its low the even and flows throughout the show or whatever because that's just how it goes. I, I mean, this but, shit um, with all I, love. I think, I think they're going to be in it. I mean this shit with all love here, Club. That shit's hilarious. I agree. They, you are outside your goddamn mind. They better not have a shitload of double countout matches. Um, That's but, fucking hilarious. But Kurt, what do you what do you think they have to do to to keep this many people engaged in that show for that long? They can't have too many long matches that have fucked up finishes. Number one, and I think they're gonna have to have something doing the matches, like breaks or whatever, yeah. to where it came from. Okay, you... They gotta have like a comedy match in or a filler or something. Yeah, 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 they got to. I, I, I think... I think WWE was good about that back in the day. Personally, I think they need to stay away from the comedy matches. Filler is okay, depending on what that filler is. I think they need to stay away from the comedy shit, uh, because they do comedy shit, in my opinion, very badly. Um, I echo what Kurt said. Um, I, I think they need to keep these matches to about, depending on which match it is, um, I think they need to keep these matches to about 10 to 15 minutes, um, yeah. which I think we all know that shit ain't going to happen because... They, I was about to say, I think 15 minutes is a sweet spot, but I, I agree. Bill Club was saying maybe eight nine, eight, nine minutes a match. Look, I ain't that even mad not at that. I'm not even, depending on the match. That, that ain't going to happen. I'm not saying the average match needs to last, but depending on the match, I agree with Hill Club. I also agree with you, Brandon. I don't think it's going to happen because AEW has shown that they don't know how to not have a 20 to 30 minute match on a regular and consistent basis. So I absolutely yeah. agree with you, Kurt. Uh, that was going to be my take on it. Um, I think they have to keep these matches level. Now, depending on what the match is, sure, it could go 20, 30 minutes. But, and we're no, about to... None of these matches. None of these matches. <laughs> I was just about to say, we're well, about to go, get to the You're going to have a match. You're going to have a match or two that's going to go 30 plus. Hill Club. And none of those matches. Are, none of those matches are going under fifteen minutes. Hill Club is my man right now because Hill Club said too many kickouts when someone hits their finishers. We all know. Yeah. I wish I. I wish I could actually keep count of how many fucking kickouts they have on this show. I may even try to do that. I doubt I'll be successful, but I may even try to do that. I'm gonna do it. That's what I'm gonna do. That's my ambition for tomorrow. I'm gonna count all of them. We're going to need a bail like every time a false finish kick out. Ding, we're going to need kick something, out. man. False finish kick out. Ding. Because the best damn sports show, period, used to do that shit, and it was the most hilarious shit in the world, boy. <laughs> All right, here we come. Here we are, folks. We have arrived to the moment of truth. Uh, we are about to run through the match card as it stood as of Thursday, August the 23rd. Or, I'm sorry, August the 24th. Um, and I pulled this information directly from AEW.com. Actually, I shouldn't say AEW.com because I found out the hard way. AEW.com is not for AEW. AllEliteWrestling.com. 
Um, so these these matches come directly <laughs> directly from. Well, it wasn't a porn site, but it wasn't AEW. <laughs> That's surprising, you know, with my mind. And again, the first thing I thought of, I thought this was a day of porn. All, all erotic, <laughs> all erotic women.com. Yes, sir. Hell no. <laughs> anyway, let's get our minds out of the gutter and on to some wrestling shit. Or as, a, oh, was, at, or as a southerner say, Hill Club, wrestling shit. Um. Man. Now these Actually. these matches are not in order. This is exactly how I pulled them off of the AEW website. So first up, we got MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, let me start off on this by saying I, I personally have not been a fan of this build because it just hasn't been entertaining to me. Um, I'm not sure which way they're going to go with it. So I guess in that sense, they've done a good job because I don't know if MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole at some point or Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF at some point in this pay-per-view. Um, so I don't know. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Adam Cole is going to win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think that's a good idea, but I think that's what's going to happen. Um, Kurt, I'm going to kick it to you next. Um, what do you think about this match, and who do you think is going to win? I think the build-up has been fucking terrible, but I'm going to go with you. With Adam. Oh, God, I love Kurt's review or, or comments, man. I swear I do, and that's not even me being a dick. I'm serious. I love Kurt's comments. Um... Brandon, what about you? What do you think about this match between MJF and Adam Cole for the World Heavyweight Strap? I think Adam... God damn it. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to type that. I think Adam... God damn... No, I'm joking. So are you going with Adam Cole? I think Adam Cole is going to turn heel. Ah, okay. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put Adam Cole... Turn heel, and I think He's going to win. He's going to turn heel. Okay. Or, so yeah. for your pick, I'm I'm not him. entirely sure if he's going to win or not. That's cool. That's cool. But I really hey, do think, I really do think he's going to turn heel. Who's going to win? Okay. Heel club, I'm going to ban you from this chat permanently if you say some shit like that again. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. Um, heel club. Give me, real quick, I'm including you on this because you are normally here with us each and every damn week, and we appreciate your 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 uh, support, and we appreciate you being here. Who do you have in this match between MJF and Adam Cole? So, while Hill Club is... Going MJF. Okay, he's going with Maxwell Jacob Freeman, okay? He's going with MJF. Not JMF, you damn idiot glaze. All right. Next up is FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. And allow me to say what we saw on TV. Um, Brandon, I'm not sure what you saw um, in the actual arena, but we saw a sit-down interview Featuring the Young Bucks and FTR. Did you see that in the arena? 
on the on the yes, indeed. Okay, cool. Um, I I think the young bucks are absolutely full of themselves. Um, I would like to point out to Maddie and Nikki that you did not name FTR. FTR chose that name as a middle finger to you when they came to AEW. Um, it's debatable to say whether or not you got them their jobs. I don't know, but I mean, you are v- VPs after all. But I, I just thought this this whole thing, this sit down interview between FTR and the Young Bucks, came across as the Young Bucks sniffing their own farts. Um, that said, Brandon, who do you have, FTR or the Young Bucks? Young Bucks. Just can't help yourself. Can't I anymore. cannot. I absolutely Damn, you should have been you should have been in that audience. That would have been some classic shit. Um but yeah, uh I'm going F T R. F to the R. Alright, Kurt, what you got? Um F T R my wife. Say what? FTR. Okay, Kurt's got FTR. FTR. Alright. Kurt got FTR and I was kinda I was mocking a promo where you know he's like, I'm doing this for my wife. Everybody started laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now look, I will say this. When I was watching that 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 uh, exchange between FTR and the Young Bucks, I thought, and, and I'm basing this off of the shit that he said on his own podcast before, you know, shit changed. I think Dax had some things he wanted to say to the Young Bucks that he couldn't really or didn't really say. Um, that's just my opinion. Based on some things I've heard him say on his old podcast, um, Hill Club. Who do you have between FTR and the Young Bucks? I got a feeling Hill Club's going to go with the Young Buckaroos. I think Hill Club. I think you like the Young Bucks. All right. So while we're waiting, Hill Club is somewhere chuckling. <laughs> All right. Next Let's go up, with FTR. Ah, okay, so FTR across the board for this World Tag Team Championship match. FTR, whoa, hey, what did I just do? I meant to hit FTR. There we go. All right, so next up we got Hikaru Shida versus Soraya versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, DMD. For the AEW Women's World Championship. Heel Cub. Heel Cub. Your little baby bear. I'm going to kick it off with you. Uh, who do you have in this match? Uh, this four, uh, four-way matchup for the Women's World Tag Team. Women's World Title. Damn it. Boy, that, that damn fireball starting to kick in right about now. Um, oh, shit. Damn, run. <laughs> I will say I did. I didn't mix it. With Pepsi, so um, Pepsi Cola. I am going to say, shit. I don't even know who to give on this one. I would like to see Tony Storm get the title back, but I think they're going to put it around the waist of Britt Baker. Um, Hill Club says Britt Baker as well. All right. Kirk, what do you have as far as uh, who's going to win this women's world championship match? I'm going with Britt Baker as well. All right. All right, Brandon, who do you have? And so, uh, so if, you have any, on, so, if you have any comments about so the match, feel free. 
So we're just all on the same page, right? Okay, Britt Baker. I had Britt Baker too. Britt Baker for the clean sweep, at least as far as the predictions go. Oh, y'all know I I love this shit here. CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the quote-unquote real world heavyweight championship. Um... The real world heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know that I am a CM Punk Marks. I will freely admit it. I think that man is a is a great professional wrestler. And no, I'm not overusing the word great. I am saying great professional wrestler. But I think Samoa Joe is going to win this one. I would love to see them do. Um, this is one match I wouldn't mind seeing go longer than 15-20 minutes. Um, Brandon, who do you got in this one? Take a CM Punk. CM Chick Magnet Punk. Alright. Kurt, who do you got on this one? CM Punk. Chick Magnet Punk for the win again. Hill Club, who do you have between CM Punk and as as Scott Steiner would say, Smoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Custard Maker Seal Club. I'm banning you from this chat for now. He said custard custard making punk. Damn it. I wonder whatever happened to uh, the other half of the chick magnet. Alright, next up. What the hell is going on here? Give me a second, fellas, because something is going on with my computer right here. Oh no! Okay, here we go. Let's think about technology. I said, "Let's think about technology." It's great when it's working. When well, it's well, working, I, so. I I know what happened, it, it, and know it, this isn't this isn't adult beverage infu or uh, uh, related. But uh, next up, we have the Blackpool Combat Club with Santana and Ortiz versus the Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and Pensa El Cerro Miedo. In a stampede or a stadium stampede match, Brandon, who do you have in this one? Santana and Ortiz. Okay, so you got that team. I'm just gonna call it the the Black Cool Combat Club because that's who they're gonna be with. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, who do you it have? Is. Yeah. Who do you have in this one? Uh, the Black Cool Combat Club. All right, BCC. Not to be confused with BBC. <laughs> All right. Um, for this one, uh, God, and you know what? I want to say I don't give a fuck on this one, but uh, just to be just to be the problem, I'm gonna say Eddie Kingston and friends. And I literally just typed in Eddie Kingston and friends. <laughs> Eddie Kingston. My guy. Alright, Hill Club, who do you have on this one? Combat Club. Okay, he's, Combat he's got the 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 almost at BBC. That's not hard to not it's, it's right. hard to especially, not especially it's but that's a day, but that's this is yeah. It's, it's a damn shame, but it's hard to not say that. Especially if you listen to, to, to Jim Cornette faithfully. 
Yeah. All right. This, next, this, man, this is hard not to say <laughs> Next up, we have the House of Black versus the Acclaimed with Daddy Ass for the AEW yeah. World Trios Championship. Kurt, who do you got for this one? The Acclaimed. Oops. The Acclaimed with... Daddy ass. All right. Uh, Brandon, who do you got on this one? I'm taking the acclaim, and I'm, well, it ain't going to be daddy ass. This time it's going to be the badass Billy Gunn, goddammit. Yeah, unfortunately, and, uh, though, I they can't say that. Was off on top. But, no, but, no, nah, you know, when he cut the promo, that's what he meant. Right. Oh, no. Oh, shit. That was on collision. My bad. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going with the acclaim and daddy ass as well. Hill Club, who you got? He's got the acclaim with, and he put in all caps, badass Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Yeah, say yeah, he, yeah. It's gonna be a badass coming to town. He's badass Billy Gunn Sunday. So, and I got some shit to talk about on Sunday when we do our our second show. Um, next up. Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson. God damn. And Takeshita in a trios match. Brandon, who you got on this one? Taking Takeshita in his crew. All right. We're going to say, uh, I'm just going to say Takeshita. Take a shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that damn I, I saw we had the, the little leather jacket. That that look is fascinating. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm like, that's just take a that, that's some old that's just some old I don't even know nah nah I'm not even gonna Yeah, don't don't like don't go. I think I know where you're gonna go. Don't go there. Oh yeah, I, I don't even wanna go there, but I thought the look the look is interesting. I would say that. Kurt, so. who you got on, on this one? They call Bullet Club Gold, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I like the shirts. All right. I am actually going to go, and, and you guys can roast me on this if you want to. I'm going to say Kenny and Friends. Oops. My help, I spell Friends, right? All right, Hill Club, who you got on this one? Bully Club. Bully Club Gold. It's old. All right. Next up, uh, and, and I am really, really, really not looking forward to this match. Um, simply because of one half of it. Tri- Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Brandon, who you got on this one? Will Ospreay. Ocean Spray it is. All right. Kurt, who you got on this one? Will. Ah, he's going with Lionheart. No, no, I said Will. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. I said That's what you get when you're deaf. That's what you get when you're deaf. All right. I am at, also going to go with Osprey. Uh, Hill Club, who you have in this one? He's got Osprey as well. So Osprey for the clean sweep in his home. I don't necessarily know that it's his hometown, but in his home country. Next up, Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage in a coffin match. 
Before I ask who's got who in this, what did I miss on Dynamite where this went from A.R. Fox to Christian Cage? So A.R. Fox lost. Uh, Swerve turned on him and kicked him out of whatever club they got. Well, shit. And then Darby Allen and Sting came down there to save him. And that's how this match happened. Then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came out there talking a bunch of shit. And that's how this match happened. Wow. That lasted all of what? Two weeks? Yep. Shit. Okay, then. All right. Well, with with that explanation being given, thank you, sir. Uh, Brandon, who do you have? On this match, Sting and Darby Allen or Swerve and Christian Cage? Um, I am actually taking Swerve and Christian Cage. All right, Swerve, Swerve Cage. That could be a new hit for... And, that's, uh, another, and that's, a, that's another promo that is funny as hell in person. Okay, all right. Christian is a damn... Christian is a menace. Oh, look, put a pin in that. More to come on that Sunday. I got some shit to say about yeah. that on Sunday. Christian is a menace. Um, Kurt, who do you have in this match? Sting and Darby. Sting and Darby. All right. I'm also going Sting and Darby. Hill Club, you have Swerve's house. Okay, Swerve and Christian. Who's house? Swerve's house. <laughs> All right. Oops. Vastly, vastly underrated. Who's that? Swerve Strickland. Oh, okay. Vastly underrated. All right. The last match listed, Aussie Open versus, and this is on the uh, Zero Hour, which is basically their pre-show. Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole. Brandon, who do you got in this one? I'm taking the Aussie Open. Which is... The stupidest name of a tag team I think that I've ever heard. Um, Kurt, who do you have? In no, I've, I've heard worse. What you got? I'm this worst. Aussie Open as well. You going with Aussie Open we'll, as well? We'll, 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 we'll. Yeah. All right. And what I what I heard was worse. Yeah. The Ding Dongs. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> 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 I am actually going I'm actually going MJF and Adam Cole and I think that that is going to factor into their heavyweight championship match uh, Hill Club is going with Aussie Open on this one now what I had to say about this event after we've, we've given our predictions and, and kind of ran through the, the, the matches here I think that this card, yes. as is, sounds like your typical AEW Dynamite show. There is there is nothing on this card, in my opinion, outside of CM Punk and Samoa Joe that I am actually interested in. And I know we've seen Samoa Joe and CM Punk before. The reason I'm interested in seeing Punk and Samoa Joe is because I know they are going to deliver. Um, I'm not certain that the rest of these cats, outside of FTR, 
Um, FTR may surprise me if they if they have a Young Bucks match, but I think FTR um, and Samoa Joe and CM Punk are all coming with their working clothes on. So that that's that's the big comment I had to make. It's not really a big comment, but I think looking at this card, I see AEW Dynamite. I don't see a card that's that screams. 80,000 plus people in Wembley Stadium in London, England. Am I the only one that feels that way? Kurt, we'll start with you. If they would announce this card before ticket sales went on sale, they wouldn't have sold 80,000 tickets. I don't know that I disagree with you. Um, I I hate to sound cynical. If they would have announced this, they would not have sold 80,000. Not at all. This is a C average card at best. And I'm being real generous with that. Give them a seat. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, I, honestly, Kurt, I, I don't know that I disagree with you. Um, just nothing on this card. And at, at the front of this, we gave AEW their credit. They have, they have done a phenomenal thing in selling eighty thousand plus tickets. I think they have fallen short on providing a card that is worthy. Of eighty thousand plus tickets. That's just my opinion. They they they've fallen hella short. Hella short. I, I agree, Hill Club. It it does sound like WCW Nitro. Brandon, what do you think about this card? When when you look at it as it, it is like WCW yeah, Thunder. But, <laughs> before we go any further <laughs> before we go any further, although the, the, the show is happening Sunday. There may be changes between now and then. There may be surprises between now and then. Who knows? But as is, Brandon, what do you think about this show looking at this card? Oh, ain't but one match that I really want to see, you know, with y'all, see him pump versus some more, Joe. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we pretty much, we watched the entire career. And we know that both of them guys are legit. They're going to put on a fucking show. And um, you can't that, teach that. Hell no. But other than that, um, I think that they were going to sell 8,000 anyway, but the show is average at best. But then again, I, I'm just waiting to see what, what type of product, what they're going to put out on Sunday. Cause you know, hey, this show, it might not look good to us on paper, but they, it might actually it, deliver. So and, and look, you know, Brandon, you are the king on this show of saying, let's see how it turns out. Let's see. Um, and I, and, and I say that giving credit to you, not taking a shot at you. So I'm, I'm going to go into Sunday with that mindset of, of let's see how it turns out. We may be surprised as hell. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I, I agree. I agree. Because here's the thing, y'all, you know, myself, Brandon and, and Kurt, we 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 take our shots at AEW, and I don't think that those those shots are without merit. They deserve the shots that we take, in my opinion. We want this promotion to succeed. Um, I, I think I speak for my two brothers when I say that. We want this promotion to succeed. But they've shown us time and time again, at least in my opinion, that they can't get out of their own way to make that happen. Um, so we'll see what happens Sunday, man. I'm, I'm, I am excited to see the spectacle of it all. 
I'm curious what kind of ring entrance they're going to have. I'm curious how they're going to have the ring set up, how they're going to have the crowd set up. I'm actually curious how they're going to work the stadium stampede match since they're already in a stadium that has over 80,000 people in it. (laughs) Because if, if I'm not mistaken, the last stadium stampede match they had was in an empty stadium. So it's, it's going to be interesting how they pulled that off. Um, but looking at this card, I just see an average Wednesday night. And I hope I'm proven wrong on Sunday. That said, I will be watching Sunday. We'll be watching Sunday. Um, and before we close out the show, um, we are going to, if I remember correctly, fellas, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, we are going to have Sunday show at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Correct? Seven. Seven. I'm sorry. Good. I'm glad I said that then. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. We're gonna we're gonna go yeah, over. Uh, everybody time to eat dinner. Say what? Give everybody time to watch the show. Use the bathroom and go eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and on bed. and then we can talk about it because we got some other stuff that we're gonna we're gonna have quote unquote our regular show on Sunday in addition to the AEW review. We're not gonna take up you know four hours of your time, but we are gonna have our regular show. Um, I think we're going to scrap the This Week in Wrestling thing. Um, I just think there's a lot that we need to talk about in addition to uh, the review of this show on on Sunday. So we're going to have the show Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, as far as I know right now, that is firm. If anything should change, we'll let you know. But before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to kick it to my brothers, Kurt and Brandon, to give some some final thoughts on what we talked about today. And then we're going to close out the show listening to a promo by Terry Funk, a a famous promo, the egg-sucking dog promo from from Terry Funk. And then we're going to, we're actually going to close the show with a little something from from, uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, So... Before we do that, Brandon, um, do you got anything to say uh, regarding what we just talked about, you know, the upcoming show on Sunday? Anything you want to say to the people listening before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, number uh, number one, first and foremost, um, rest in peace to Terry Funk. Rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace to Brody Lee. Um, long live the Wyatt family. Long live the Funks. Enjoy these legends while you can. Because we don't know how long we have with them. Um, enjoy the um, all-in pay-per-view on Sunday. I think, I, I honestly, I'm optimistic that I think it's going to be a good show. And just you know, man, hey, man, you know, hey, you know, wrestling fan, re- wrestling going to be around to the end of time. All right, so enjoy it while you can, and and let's let's just keep this thing going. You know, what I mean, absolutely. Don't worry, Hill Club. We got you covered. We're, we're going to get you in here before we uh, get into the Terry Funk promo and the Bray Wyatt uh, outro. Um, Kurt, what are your final thoughts uh, as we've uh, talked about everything here tonight and uh, going into the uh, the Sunday show? Awesome prayers to uh, Terry Funk and uh, Bray Wyatt family. Uh, tell people you love to make them sure they know you love them. And uh, just try to enjoy the weekend and the show. Absolutely. Um, 
I really don't have much else to add to that. Um, I just echo what Brandon and Curtis said. Did I just just cut out? No, you're here. You're here. Um, Okay, did everybody hear? Because I think I I cut out. Did everybody hear everything I had to say? (laughs) No, I heard you. Um, okay, I'll just make sure because I definitely just cut, like, since so like, so I put the period on the like, I definitely cut out. Uh, but yeah, I, I echo what Brandon and Kurt both have said. Um, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the Funk family and the uh, Rotunda family. Tell folks you love them, man, because we are not promised the very next breath that we're about to try to take. So um, just make sure that uh, you tell people you love them. More importantly, that you show people you love them. Spend time with them and just talk to them. Uh, Before we go into uh, the Terry Funk, and uh, we got two minutes. All right, folks, what we're going to do, I'm going to end this show right now, and we're going to come right back to get into it because we got two minutes left. I didn't realize it would do this. So Hill Club. Come back and it is 11 o'clock on the dot. Come back at 11.05. We're going to come back and we're going to close this show out with a promo from Terry Funk and an outro uh, on behalf of Bray Wyatt. And we're going to hear from Hill Club and his Terry Funk story. So, folks, be back at 11.05. Five minutes. We will be right back. Take care. What up, what up, what up? Five minutes went by like nothing, y'all. Um, we apologize for that. Um, or shall I say, um, I, I suppose it's on me since I set up the recording and everything. Um, I should have been better in tune with uh, what we were working with in terms of time. So I apologize for that. But uh, we're back now. Uh, Kurt's joined us. Hill Club has joined us. We're just working on uh, working on. We're just waiting on Brandon. If he don't show up, we're going to work on him. But uh, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you guys uh, uh, joining us back here for this uh, this final segment that we're going to do for the show. I knew this show was going to run long um, just because of, of the, the shit that went on this week and uh, the, the whole aspect of AEW All In on Sunday, Hill Club, man, how you doing? It's it's been a minute since you joined us live. How how you been? Um, after what happened this past couple of days and everything, and you know, all the tragic loss of wrestling greats, one that we grew up now that we saw, it, and one that we grew up when we were little wrestling fans, as they say down the south. <laughs> uh, the owner of the Double Cross Ranch himself, Terry Funk. Oh my God, the classic legend of him and the fiend, the eater of all worlds. He's got the world in his hands now from heaven. Uh, William Wyndham Matunda, Bray Wyatt himself. It's been uh, one sad loss to another. And, you know, someone actually asked me this. You know, uh, they usually say things happen in threes. I'm like, I don't even want to know. I don't even want yeah, to know. I don't even want to talk next. about that. So, but uh, no. So, and, um, again, for first and foremost, you guys, 
you guys did a great show the first two hours and everything. I recommend and highly can tip my cat off, cap off to you and everything because, you know, it was very emotional, very uh, painful to say things like, you know, that they're both gone and we lost two greats. And I did say that I have a Terry Funk story that probably you guys don't even know about, but a certain amount of people did. Um, there's this one time in a bar that they sit down, uh, Terry Funk's sitting down with uh, ECW legends like Raven, Sandman, and the gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa, right? Now, Funk asks Sandman this, they're all drunk. They're all drunk out of their minds, but Funk's still got a little ticker in his head. He asks the Sandman, when was your first time? Sandman asks him, when was the first time you retired? But that <laughs> Funk just gave him a look like, okay, you got me. I have like maybe 45 retirements. New Jack said, 47. He's like, anyways, New <laughs> Funk has a story and everything. I asked you what was your first time because my first time is because I grew up on a farm, as everybody knows. And there's this cow that I had as a pet. Now, my father was very, very strict in my household, and I couldn't go out much. So I went to the front, in the back of the shed, and there's this cow called Moo. His first time was with a cow. <laughs> and and the, he now this is the thing he. This was going on and everything. The father took them around the corner and said, what the Sam Hill's going on here? He's like, oh, crap. I got to think of a story here. So he tells his father, well, just don't stand there, Dad. Tell him he's eating me alive. <laughs> oh, man. And, and it, it's just crazy. And everybody's like, Oh my god, they're laughing and they're like confused as hell. New Jack, you know how New Jack was and everything. And now New Jack's saying, Oh, Funk, I remember when you had your so much, I think it was a 56th or 67th retirement party. And, well, he says that I remember Funk always came up with a story and everything for Mustafa and him, right? In the original ECW days. Yeah. He said, you'll be teamed up with me, and I'll call, be called Colonel Sanders, and you two could be the original recipes. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, that never followed through, so. <laughs> oh, man. Now, now as, as far as New Jack is concerned, there was no telling what would come out of that man's mouth. Um, and, and I can only imagine that the same would be true for Terry Funk, um, that man had earned his stripes and 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 had carte blanche to pretty much say whatever. Um, wow! Um, did Kill Club? Did you ever get a chance? Or actually, Kurt, you as well? Did you ever get a chance to see um, either uh, Terry Funk or Bray Wyatt wrestle live? Not Funk and. Wyatt, no, not really, no. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to see either one of them wrestle uh, live, and never got the opportunity to uh, to meet either one of them. So, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead. Um, 
I I assume that uh, our brother Brandon is indisposed at the moment, or maybe he fell asleep in that five minutes. <laughs> Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to end the show. Um, I'm going to play a famous uh, Terry Funk promo. And then we're going to uh, use a uh, Bray Wyatt segment for the outro for the show today. Um, folks, we want to thank you on behalf of Kurt and Brandon. Um, Hill Club is a tried and true follower and fan of the show. We appreciate his support. Uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you for, for tuning in and listening to this show. Uh, it's been a heavy week. Uh, it was a heavy show, especially there towards the beginning. But, uh, you know, we press on. So here's a word for uh, from the Funker, and then we're going to send it out with, uh, with a Bray Wyatt segment. And we will see you all for our second live show on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we will be putting out a link for you to go to, to to catch us on the show. We're going to be reviewing AEW All In. We're going to be talking about some, uh, some news involving uh, the merger between UFC and WWE. I almost said WCW for some reason. But uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit. And, uh, of course, you know, given all our opinions on All In, I actually am looking forward to All In just because of the spectacle of it all. So here's the Funker with a promo, and then uh, up next after that is Bray Wyatt, and we're going to be out of here, folks. His comments. Dusty Rhodes, you no good for nothing, egg-sucking dog. I'm sick and tired of having you claim to be a cowboy. You with your putrid body, your varicose <laughs> veins, trying to claim that you are the greatest at a bull rope match. You don't even know what a bull rope match is. You don't even know what a rodeo is. You're a drug store cowboy. That's exactly what you are. And I've rode in rodeo after rodeo after rodeo. And I intend on doing the same if I ever get you in the ring in a bull rope match. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And I'm going to ride you around that ring and I'm going to whip on you and I'm going to spur on you and I'm going to whip and I'm going to spur and I'm going to ride and I'm going to put you up wet, boy. I'm going to put you up wet. That's what I'm going to do because rodeoing was when you put a man against an animal and I know you're a pig. Just like your mama was a pig, your mother's a pig, and you should stay nestled in that sow's belly instead of ever coming into a ring and trying to compete with me. Now, a bull rope match goes until there's a submission. Well, in a rodeo, you don't even realize that you just got to ride that bull eight seconds. Well, I'm going to ride you and ride you until you run out of gas and you're going to be snorting and you're going to be sweating 
sweating and you're going to be breathing oh so heavy because there must be a winner and you are going to admit <laughs> you're going to admit that I'm the best heard the uh, comments from one uh, Terry Funk and here we go with the outro everybody thank you once again for tuning in to the show you guys don't understand a guy like Bray Wyatt, it won't be long before it's Bray Wyatt versus the world. And at that point, the world's not going to have a chance. See? Yeah.
<laughs> Can't you hear the John? Ha, ha, ha.